Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I've said every time I've ever preached this for the last 15 years that I've preached out of this verse more often than any other verse since God saved me. And I want you to look with me this morning at Hebrews 11, verse 6. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. Verses will be on the screen. I've been telling you that I like bringing my Bible to church because we're going to live into a day where we can't bring our Bible to church. Oh, Pastor, that will never happen in America. Um, We're going to look at some reasons. Well, I'll just tell you the reason why it's going to happen in America because America has proven already this week that they no longer have the commitment to the nation of Israel that we've had since our foundation as a country, our founding as a country. And uh, we're going to look at some promises today that are going to show uh, why we could end up in a bigger mess than we're already in. How many, how many of y'all realize it's bad enough now, it don't need to get worse? All right. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Two Things to Make Sure You Get Right. Pray with me. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to be here, God. Thank you for giving us this place to gather. And, Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me to say the things that would honor you. Give us ears to hear what you say to us, God. We need you today, and we ask you to speak to us from your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We need to get two things right. Say two. If you ever paid attention to a message in your life, you need to pay attention to this message. Not just so you can say, I listened to the preacher. We don't come to listen to the preacher. We believe that if if the preacher reads from God's word, that God will speak through him regardless of how many rabbit trails he chases or how country he sounds. Too many people are out there trying to listen to the voice of a man or a woman when what we need to be hearing is the voice of the Holy Ghost. We need to let God speak. The Bible says, let God be true and everyone else a liar. And we need to understand that everybody preaching in today's world is not always telling the truth. And whether it's me or Apostle Bobo or Prophetess Bernadette, you need to make sure as you check the Scripture that everything is being said by someone who claims to be speaking from God, is actually coming from God. Listen, it's been said many times, but it's still true. Every good idea is not a God idea. Everything that sounds great ain't great. And surely everything that glitters is not gold. But there are two things that we need to make sure that we get right. These two things should be your top two priorities in all the world. And we're going to try to give some practical wisdom today, give some information that you can turn from knowledge to wisdom so that you can have these two things right again. We need to, here's the two things right off the bat. We need to be saved 
Can anybody agree with that? And we need to be blessed. Here's the reason why so few people come to church. We know it's because of the hypocrites, but I told you, hypocrites go to Walmart. That don't keep people out of Walmart. Hypocrites go uh, to, to Winn-Dixie. That don't keep people. Hypocrites go to Publix. That don't keep people out of Publix. Uh, people don't really stay away because of the hypocrites. What they stay away from is because they don't think we've got anything that they need. If every saved person was walking in victory, if every saved person was walking in blessing, then the whole world would want what we have. Why in the world would any of your family, friends, nephews, nieces, cousins, neighbors want a salvation that you claim you possess if they don't see you walking in victory? Here's basically what it must sound like to the unsaved people in the world. Oh, come, 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 to, my, come to my religion. Then you can be as miserable as me. Nobody wants that. But if we got saved, and if we walked in blessing, not only would our life be better, but more people would desire that life for themselves. It's when someone sees something in you that they cannot deny that they will begin to open their mind up to your message. And that's why I tell people all the time, don't nag your family about their behavior. Don't nag your children, your spouse, your coworkers. Don't Bible beat people with what they should stop doing. Just live a life of salvation filled with joy in front of them to the point where they're like, I used to think you, you, you were just crazy, but I want what you have. And very few people could say what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Very few people are walking in such blessing that they're drawing a following, but we need to be saved and we need to be blessed. Listen to our opening verse again, Hebrews eleven six. And it is impossible to please God without what? Faith. Faith is essential to Christianity. Without faith, we can't please God. Everything that we have, we have by faith. We are saved by faith. We live by faith. One day we will be taken off of this place, and we believe that by faith. Christianity is a faith religion, not a works religion. If you're wondering what's the difference, I'll give it to you in the way I've told you before. There's only two, two approaches to God, faith and works. The, the one approach, the, the works approach, is man reaching up trying to grab hold of God by doing good things. The faith approach is God reaching down and grabbing hold of man and bringing him up. See, we believe in what God did, not in what our ability is to do. You can't do enough good things to get to heaven. You can't work your way into heaven because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. No one will ever get into heaven saying, God, you have to let me in because I did X, Y, and Z. If you're saved at all, you are saved by God's grace, by God's mercy, and through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. I'm glad 10 people said amen. We need salvation, but we also need blessing. It's impossible to please God without faith. If you're walking around in doubt, you you just need to uh, go buy you a tattoo machine and just right across your forehead, or use a Sharpie, cheaper. 
I'm not pleasing God. If you're not walking in faith, then you have no possibility. What's the Bible say? It is impossible to please God without faith. I don't know what it's going to take for some of you to walk in faith. But if God ever did anything for you before and you still believe he's alive, you ought to believe the one that did it before can do it again. If God saved you when he didn't have to, if God paid for your sin when he had no sin of his own, and God gave you the gift of eternal life, you ought to believe that he's still able. Can't please him without faith. It's, it, it, if Jesus was here, he'd tell us the same thing he told the apostles. And it's shameful because we have more revelation than they had. They didn't have a, a leather-bound Bible or even a hardback Bible with all of God's words in it. They had the prophets. They had Jesus to tell them what was up. But think about how many times they'd ask him dumb questions or live in a wrong way. And he'd say, oh, you faithless people. Have I been with you so long and still you don't believe? Think about how many times you said out of your mouth God did something good for you. How did you become so faithless? We're living in a world where people claim faith but don't live it. And we need to do better. Say do better. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that God exists. That's faith. Believing in something you can't see. Believing in something so strongly that it changes everything about you. It begins with salvation. you got to believe that God exists. Now, I don't believe everybody that comes to church on a Sunday morning is born again. Uh, the Scripture teaches that the road to heaven is a narrow road and few there be that find it. But if you want salvation, the beginning point is believing that God exists. And I believe most people that come to church uh, in some fashion believe that God exists, except for spouses who get drugged to church and kids who get drugged to church. That's a different message. That's a good drug problem, amen? But it goes on to say that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I wish that every person who claims the name of Christ would memorize the last part of this verse. It would cut down on disappointment. It would cut down on need for counseling. It would cut down with bewilderment. The majority of people I've counseled in over 40 years have been totally bewildered at the plight of their current situation. When in reality, if they just knew the last of this little verse, they wouldn't be shocked. I just don't understand it. I just don't know. I can't figure it out. Uh, what? Am I, I'm go- All what you're going through? Why can't you figure it out? God said he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That word sincerely in some versions is translated diligently, repeatedly, consistently. And how many of y'all know uh, all of us could seek God more diligently, more sincerely? you got to understand, because we're a Bible-teaching church, I've been teaching you guys hermeneutical principles, the art and science of properly interpreting, interpreting Scripture for a long time, and one of those principles that we have to be mindful of is the inverse principle. Let's look at the inverse principle. You must believe that God exists and, look at this part, that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Now, if God rewards those who sincerely seek Him, and He does... What is the inverse of that? He doesn't reward people who don't sincerely. It doesn't say who don't seek him. It says who don't sincerely seek him. 
Now, if you've read the Bible at all, if you've given it even a casual look, you'll know that God said to, to Jeremiah, you'll only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. God is not interested in part-time lovers. God is not looking for a casual relationship. He didn't give everything he had on the cross of Calvary to get a Sunday morning uh, smile out of his children. No, he gave everything, and he's the God that told us, you reap what you sow. He expects everything in return. So next time you're going through a situation that you find yourself, I don't know why it's like this, just go ahead and just realize, well, scripturally, I haven't been sincerely seeking him. Oh, no, that would put the blame on us. We don't want that. We want to blame the government. We want to blame the system. We want to blame a a, a race of people that don't look like us. Everybody wants stuff to get better, but it's not going to get better until we get better. If you want better, you got to do better. Well, if so-and-so, no, get off so-and-so. Stop blaming the other side. And start taking personal responsibility for yourself because the Bible promises salvation and blessings to his children, but we're not walking. Churches don't have enough saved people. Oh, I'd rather have 15 saved people in this church than 15,000 lost people in this church. The Bible says that lost people can't understand the things of God. They're spiritually discerned. Lost people can't worship God. They can get excited in a good music service. In, in, uh, when I was in the extreme end of the charismatic church, uh, I, I finally, it finally dawned on me. Everyone talked all the time about, look at the hair on my arm standing up. Look at these Holy Ghost bumps. That ain't Holy Ghost bumps. I told people, they're like, man, the anointing was so high today, everybody in there was overwhelmed with, the pre- uh, overwhelmed with talent. Go to Las Vegas and see Shaka Khan. She will, she will put goosebumps on your neck. Go see Celine Dion. She hit that high note. She'll put goosebumps on your neck. Some of y'all are like, I don't like them. Go, hey, anybody with great talent can, can stir up a crowd. But when it comes to worship. See, Jesus said about praise, if we don't, the rocks will cry out. The trees clap their hands and praise the Lord. But when it comes to worship that flows from the heart, you, you got to be a real Christian to get that done. When it comes to living the life that God called us to live, the discipline that it requires to be a disciple, you see, the root word of uh, disciple is discipline. The discipline that it requires to live right, act right, be right, do right, give right, serve right, praise right, honor God, right? The discipline that is required there is only found in people who are truly saved. And sadly, it's not even always found in that group. But the two things we need to make sure we get right, salvation and blessing. The greatest question I ever read in all of the Bible was in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were in jail. They'd been incarcerated for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'd been locked up. Big earthquake happens, jail doors bust open, chains fall loose. The jailer's going to kill himself because in Rome, if you let people escape on your watch, they killed you, but they tortured you first. So it was just easier to take yourself out. And Paul and Silas called out to him and told him, don't hurt yourself, we're still here. And it freaked him out so much 
See, that's what I'm talking about. When you live in such a way that it makes people want what you have, they lived in a way that made him ask this fantastic question that God shows us in Acts 16.30. Then he brought them out and asked. The jailer brought Paul and Silas out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Every Christian needs to have a right, ready answer on their mouth for that. If you're ever in a position where someone asks you, what must I do to be saved? You should not have to say, well, let me call pastor. Uh, let, me, let me call Deacon Rowe. Let me call Deacon Bubba. Let me call whoever and try to get somebody. We all ought to know. And the answer to the question in verse 30 is found in verse 31. Then they replied, who are they? Paul and Silas. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, comma. Been telling you for years, pay attention to the punctuation when you read the Bible. It will help you comprehend what you're reading. Because it's good to read it, but it's better to, re- to understand it. And it's even better to apply it. He, he said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, comma. Man, if there was ever cause for pause, that's it right there. What? Okay, let's just pretend like we're in Wednesday night Bible study. Some of y'all ought to come to Wednesday night Bible study. It's our best service of the week, and we talk it out, and we go through Scripture in depth. Here's what the answer to the question was. Now, so based on what you see right here, some of my Bible students, some of you would-be theologians, some of you experts in Scripture, tell the rest of us, what does someone have to do to be saved? Believe in Jesus? No. Believe in the Lord Jesus. See, if Jesus is just a big man upstairs to you, if he's just some pie in the sky and a sweet by and by, then your belief system is not where it should be. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Uh, Does it say anything in there about baptism, speaking in tongues, paying tithes, giving offerings, showing up to church, wearing your best clothes on Sunday morning? All those are good ideas. But when it comes to salvation... Somebody tell us again, what does a person have to do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. There's no question there. There, There's no quandary there. That is a definitive statement. If you believe, and that's why it's pivotal that you remember to say, not just believe in Jesus, believe in the Lord Jesus. Because people can make Jesus anything they want him to believe. That's why white people think Jesus was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, skinny man on a cross uh, with a little trickle of blood dribbling down his face. That's why black people think Jesus had an afro with a pick in his hair with a soul fist on it. They make Jesus into whatever they want Jesus to be. But the reality is there is one Lord. There are a lot of people named Jesus. Especially in the Hispanic community, boy, y'all know, Jesus. Y'all will name somebody Jesus. I've seen people named Judas. Now, you really stepped out of line at that point, but that's a different message. Not just Jesus, not just any old Jesus, the Lord Jesus. That signifies that you accept who, that he is who he says he is and that he has done what he says he's done. He said, believe in the Lord Jesus. And you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Now, for years, I had an improper understanding of that last verse. And many of you are walking around today still with an improper understanding of that verse. I was sure because I I accepted Christ, first one in my family. 
I was radically changed in an unbelievable way. It was so obvious. Uh, my, my mother thought that I was, uh, you know, strung out on drugs um, because I was, you know, so radical. My sister thought I'd snap. And, but one day my sister came to me and she asked me, what for real is going on with you? And I shared with her and eventually my sister got saved. And then we started sharing with my mother. My mother got saved. And then my little brother, who's 11 years younger than me, died and went to heaven on uh, Christmas of 2001. Uh, he prayed to receive Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And I thought, well, that's all you got to do. You get saved and everybody in your house is going to get saved based on Acts 16 and 31. Listen, this isn't a promise that everyone in your house is going to get saved. A lot of churches teach that way, and that's a false understanding. What this is, it's the principle of how anyone can get saved. You get saved by believing in Jesus. Guess how everybody in your house gets saved? By believing in Jesus. You can't believe for someone else. Look at what the next verse says. And they shared the word of the Lord with him, the jailer, and with who else? Everybody who lived in his house. Well, if all he had to do was believe, and he's going to get saved, and his family's going to get saved, why weren't they saved by his belief? Because you have to put personal belief in Jesus Christ. You ought to stand in agreement and by faith for everyone in your household to get saved. But the only way they can get saved is the only way you got saved, which is by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to get into heaven riding on mama's coattails. That's why when I ask people, are you a Christian? Oh, my, my mother's a prophetess. That, um, what about you? Oh, my father's a uh, uh, 33rd degree mason. He laid the chief corner. No, 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 no. What about you? Have you put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? We've got to get this salvation question handled. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about salvation, and we've taught it here in evangelism classes, they talk about the ABCs of salvation. So somebody, some of y'all know, some of y'all, it's so easy you could guess it out. Number one, A, admit that you're a sinner. I don't know how so many people get hung up on this. Um, I, there was no doubt in my mind. I, I, it was, I wasn't hard to convince that I was a sinner. That little dude walking around, Kirk, is it Kirk Cameron? Kirk Cameron walking around in these gangs asking these people, uh, if they want to get saved, and they're like, I'm a good person. They're like, you're a sinner. Who are you calling a sinner, man? You calling me a sinner? Have, have, yeah. Have you ever stole anything? Yeah. What does that make you? A thief. Have you ever told a lie? What does that make you a liar? You calling me a liar? And they have such a hard time crossing this place. How do you not know that you are guilty of sin? Well, you got to really be out there. I've had so many people tell me as I witnessed to them, well, I never killed anybody. I didn't ask if you killed anybody. Have you ever done anything wrong? Now, listen, if you've ever been in the military, I know you're a thief. Well, I, let me back up and say, I know I'm a thief. We're going to clean that storage shed out. My storage shed in Middleburg... I've still got nine pairs of Corform boots. I've still got about 15 boxes of black U.S. government pins. Y'all know y'all stole them U.S. government pins too. Do they still say U.S.? I, they probably stopped putting U.S. government on them. You don't get the little U.S. government pins? See, y'all still still skill craft. I get you. Everyone is a sinner. Somebody say Amen. That's why it shouldn't shock you. All these people 
Uh, turn the air on. People are fanning. I'm, I'm about to faint. Um, wear a jacket. Bring a blanket. Wear short sleeves. Make yourself comfortable. I can't believe the amount of people that struggle with this if they are a sinner mindset or not. It's easy if you just be honest to admit, yeah, I've done. Here, here's how people water it down. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess I've done some things that weren't perfect. Well, bless your heart, Karen. Welcome to the real world. If we would just understand the scripture, we wouldn't be blown away. All these people that quit uh, Jimmy Swagger's church when, if, when they found out Jimmy Swagger wasn't perfect. How were they so confused? All these people to quit Jim Baker's church when they found out Jim Baker wasn't perfect. Listen, I can tell you one thing for sure. Nobody will ever quit Scott Becker's church, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why. First and foremost, anybody know why you won't quit Scott Becker's church? Because Scott Becker don't have a church. The church belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Stop being members of a person's church and get right with God. Oh, I'm preaching better. Y'all staring at the floor. That's, that's real truth right there. Nobody will ever quit uh, this church. because I don't have a church. And everybody that's been here more than twice knows I'm not perfect. Stop telling people. I've heard, you can't imagine how many times I've heard this. Somebody will be telling me their story, and they'll say, well, I don't want you, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to think wrong about me, Pastor. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I wish I had a sound machine. I, yeah, I could get it on my keyboard. I, I'll just get that big record screen. Screech! Did you think I thought you were perfect? Nobody is perfect. Preachers aren't perfect. Pastors aren't perfect. Deacons aren't perfect. Everybody loves to point out at them, but guess who else ain't perfect? Nobody. Everybody has sin. So you got to admit that you're a sinner. What's the B stand for? Believe. You got to believe that Jesus died on the cross as payment for your sin and rose the third day according to the scripture. That's what the gospel is. What's the C stand for? Confess. You got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If you just get these ABCs done, you'll be halfway through with the two most important things you need to make sure you get right. Let me give you some verses to back up those ABCs. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. If you are ever trying to share your faith with somebody, and you start right here, which is where you should start, and you can't get past that semicolon, it's time to turn football game on. It, 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 it's time to eat. Because if they won't admit that they've sinned, why would they think they need a Savior? The Savior is looked badly upon by everyone except someone who knows they need saving. I remember when my kids were little and they'd go up to the amenity center pool and the lifeguard would just sit on the chair and spin the whistle, try that cool, not really doing anything, until... A thunderclap was heard. Everybody had to get out of the pool. And here was their crazy rule. You have to get out for 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is Florida, man. Thunder every day. And get out for 30 minutes, and they'll all be watching the clock. And if it thundered again, 30-minute clock started over again. If somebody was running, lifeguard was the one to tell them, don't run. If somebody was jumping, don't jump. If somebody was horse, don't horse play. Do you think the lifeguard was the favorite of the children? No. Kill joy. 
downer. But guess who wanted the lifeguard desperately? The one that's drowning. The one that realizes, I am drowning. I need someone to save me. See, this is why so many churches have preached the wrong message. We've been going around, not us, but these big mega churches telling everybody, come to Jesus and all your troubles will go away. That's not true. You come to Jesus, you'll get a whole new set of troubles. You'll get, chast- you'll get persecution from, from people. You'll get chastisement from God the Father. You, you, you'll have a whole new set of issues to deal with. We're try- the big churches are trying to tell people, come to Jesus and you'll get new friends. Ah, You know, if you come to church without salvation, you'll just get around a bunch of people that are going to frustrate you and talk about you. But if you get salvation when you come to church, you'll stay away from all them and you'll just rejoice to be saved. People have sold the wrong thing about what Christianity is. Walking around telling people it's going to get better and life's going to be better. Uh, I've told you before, I'll tell you again. What we need to be telling people is there's a parachute to save you from the crash that is coming. If you've ever been on a plane, you know uh, they don't call them stewardesses anymore. They call them attendants because, you know, you don't want to be part of the patriarchy unless you're God. Are you serving his kingdom? It's a different message for a different time. Read between the lines. But when the, when the uh, attendant comes along, uh, would you like coffee, water, tea, soft drink, beverage, pretzels, peanuts? Uh, if they said, would you like a big bulky parachute that would make you extremely uncomfortable in your chair? People would be like, no, I don't want a big bulky parachute make me uncomfortable in my chair, but I will take three of those Cokes. <laughs> Newsflash, they will give it to you. If they say you want peanuts or cookies, look at them and say, can I have both? They will give it to you. But we're walking around telling people, come to Jesus, and he'll, he'll make life a, a bowl of cherries. He never promised that. Study his life. He died for his faith. The apostles died for their faith. But if you were on that plane... And they said, I can't tell everybody this because we don't have enough parachutes. But the captain just told me three to four engines have gone down and we're about to lose the last engine. I've got one parachute left. Would you like it? Everybody that could think would say, yes. Look at your kids and say, hey, y'all do y'all's best. Oh, I'd give my parachute. No, you wouldn't. But you sure would want that parachute. You need to understand, Christianity is not here so that we can have big houses, big cars, and and live on the ocean. Christianity is here first and foremost to seek the lost so we don't have to be punished for our sin in the devil's hell forever. Man, you got to admit that, yes, I have sinned. I have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Then Romans 6.23, once you get them to admit that they've sinned, it's, it's easy to move from there. It says the wages of sin, the wages of payment, the payment of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life only comes through Christ. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the door, and no one can enter in by any other means than him. That's the free gift. But the payment for sin is death. What did Jesus do on the cross? He died to pay for our sins. So either we can accept that death, that, he, uh, that payment he made for our sins, or we can pay for our own sins because sin, hear me good, must be 
punished. All sin must be punished. You either humbly cling to the cross of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and and you repeatedly seek him for, for forgiveness of your sins or you stand before God and you will be committed to the second death, the Bible says in Revelation, which is the lake of fire. But everybody's, every sin has to be paid for. I thank God Jesus paid for mine. Then in Romans 3.22, the Bible says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Remember I told you salvation is by faith? We're made right with God by coming to church every time the doors open. That's not what it says. We're made right with God by giving all our money to the church. That's not what it says. We're, we're made right with God by stopping our addictions. And be, that's not what it says. When it comes to salvation, there's only way, one way to be made right with God, and that is putting faith in Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. I thank God that even though Jesus is Jewish, I thank God even though Jesus came and boldly said he came to call the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and he didn't come for the Gentiles. He came, he said that the salvation is to the Jew first. I love the rest of that verse, but also to the Greek. We, we are not, listen, there's a false theology in the world today called replacement theology, and people claiming that the New Testament church has replaced Israel as the people of God. That's not true. The church is the church. Israel is Israel, and it's always going to be that way. But God opened up salvation to everyone who believes, no matter what your background is. You can't be too bad for God to save you. You can't be born to the wrong family too much for God to save you. Salvation is available to everyone who believes. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's the whole deal right there. Open your mouth and confess that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. See, everybody believes in Jesus. I've had so many people say, well, just believe in Jesus. That won't get you saved. The, the Bible says the devils believe in Jesus. They're not saved. They're, 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 they're going to they're gonna be in hell forever. But everybody believes in Jesus. Our calendar is set up on the birth of Christ. No matter what these modern liars try to do to our calendar. For thousands of years. The world existed under B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anidomini, the year of our Lord. Well, a couple years ago, some egg-headed scientists decided, well, it just sounds too Christian. So let's change B.C. to B.C.E. And that's not before Christ's era. That's before the common era. And it is just a shame that the world has gone that way. But the reality is, Everybody believes in Jesus. He's the most documented human being that ever lived. But everyone doesn't believe that God raised him from the dead. Do you know that you know that you know that he sure enough got up on getting up morning? Are you sure that Jesus defeated death? That's key. That's relevant. Verse 10 says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you're saved. Let me give you one verse, and we're going, one more verse, and we're going to move on. I, I want everybody to write this verse down at some point, commit it to memory, know it deep in your heart. The, the Bible tells us that we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and put that verse on the screen, Galatians 3.26. For you are all the children of God through faith. Say faith. faith. In Christ Jesus. 
Your faith, that's Christ is the anointed one. Same word for Messiah, same word for Savior. You have to have faith in Christ. That's what makes us saved. You can't be saved through a denomination. You can't be saved through a church. You can't be saved by good works. You can only be saved by faith in the Savior. And if you've got that part down, then you've got salvation down. Good news for you if you haven't got that part down. Yet, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Some of you have tried many times, walked out, prayed prayers, done all that, and it didn't result in salvation. Why? Because it was emotionalism, because it was uh, manipulation, because you came without a whole heart seeking him. But the only way to have salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. Do you know that there are people out there that don't believe exactly what we believe about uh, certain issues, and they're just as saved as we are? Uh, the Baptists think that all tongue talkers aren't really going to heaven, and they're not really saved. They're just confused. The tongue talkers think all the Baptists don't have the Holy Ghost because they don't speak in tongues. Uh, do you know that you can go to heaven with or without speaking in tongues? Do you, The Church of God in Christ believes that you, you have to be baptized to be saved, uh, but you don't have to be what Did the thief on the cross go to heaven? Jesus said he would. He didn't get baptized. Okay, so there's all these different issues that have caused these different denominations, and that's how denominations happen. There was one group of followers for Jesus, and then they started deciding, well, we don't like the way he says it. We like the way this guy says it over here. And they started following after traditions of men instead of the doctrines of God, and we've got all these different denominations as a result of it. Listen, uh, there are churches that stand, shout, hoop, holler, and sweat for hours every Sunday. There are other churches that sit down quietly and take notes. These are not the things you have to do to get to heaven. We're not all the children of God by what we believe about any other issue than Jesus is the only way to heaven. We can disagree about everything else, except how do you get saved? Jesus is the only way. He said it himself. He is the only way, and no one can come to God except through him. So I told you two things we need to get right, salvation and what else? Blessings. Now, I want to I propose this to you this morning. You tell me if you, if, if you agree with me. I believe that every true child of God is living substantially, significantly below the level of God's ability to bless us. If you think that you're living as blessed as a Christian can possibly be, you have not fully recognized how great God is and how much your Father is in charge. One verse tells us he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I like what the country preacher said. He owns the hills too. And if God's children would begin to walk around like God's children, walk in God's blessing, the whole world would want what we have. The whole, we got people right now leaving. They can't really leave. The Bible says they went out from us because they were not part of us. If they had been part of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out from us to prove they were never part of us. We got people giving up on the Christian religion to embrace Islam. And I listened to one guy on a podcast. He said that he had been a Christian for the mo most of his life, but the Christian didn't live hard enough on their belief system for him, and he needed a system where people were more into it. Listen, that, that, there's only one religion. Jesus Christ is God, and that's the only religion. The Bible says anything that's not God is an idol, 
And that word idol literally means no God, not a God at all. There, there's only one God and there's only one religion. Anything that is not uh, Jehovah God and coming to him through his son is a false religion. But back in our opening verse, Hebrews 11.6, we see that it's impossible to please God without faith. We see that anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he is and that we must believe that he rewards those who diligently, sincerely seek him. I want to tell you something. I said it already. I'm going to say it again. We need to seek him more. We need to seek him more. If the average person who claims to be a Christian listened to the word of God as much as they listen to the radio, hello, somebody. If the average Christian spent as much time in prayer as they spent watching television, Mm. This ought to get some, hey, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. I could propose a lot of things to you today, but we don't have the time, and y'all get mad any time your toes get stepped on. But if you're here and you ever watched a football game, you gave three hours to sports. When's the last time you gave three uninterrupted hours to God? Hmm. Well, women are like, I don't watch football. <laughs> if you sat around scrapbooking, looking at pictures of your babies and grandbabies, talking on the phone to your family, y'all know that's ours. When's the last time you ever gave that much uninterrupted attention to God? We need to seek him more. Listen to this verse. I want you to understand it. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man abounds in blessings. Now, I've told you many times that uh, often in Scripture, when it uses the word man, it's not being gender specific. Uh, Some versions say uh, a faithful person. A man, many times, is referring to a human, not just a male. Uh, But faithful people abound with blessings. If I went down the road right now, and, and of course, I'd have to dope all of you up on sodium pentothal. I have to get you on some truth serum so you didn't lie. But if I just walked around and from the front to the back, just asked everybody, are you abounding in blessings? Are you abounding in blessings? Are you abounding? If you say no, because the answer is no, what does that tell us? Think inverse principle. If you're not abounding in blessings, guess what? You're not faithful. Stop blaming God. When God going to come through for me? God came through for us at the cross. God's given us everything we need for life and godliness. We don't need God to come through for us. We need to start coming through for him. You want to abound in blessings, you have to be what? Faithful. If you don't have everything you want, it's not God's fault. If you're not walking in all the blessings you know are available, It's not God's fault. Faithful people abound in blessings. And that's not some people like, well, I I feel blessed in my heart. No. 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 Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Uh, Faith is is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Your faith has to have evidence or it's just, you know, a, a a bowl of hockey. Think about that. So I want, to, I want us to look at some scriptures so we can walk in a greater level of blessing because 
these, these ideas are so broad that sometimes we just need, give me one, two, maybe three things that I can do to, to get better. See, if you sat down with Elder Keon, who is degreed in studying the body, understanding how the body works, and he spent a lifetime in a gym to build a fantastic physique, uh, and you asked him, tell me everything there is to do with the body. And I got five minutes. Can you tell him everything, Elder? Most people won't take the time to hear everything, uh, but if he gave you a couple of things, could, could you give the average person a couple of things to work on that they could start right away? That's the best way to start. So let's get started. Very familiar passage, Matthew six thirty three. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Well, people know that. It's a verse people have been hearing their whole lives in this country. Of course, I learned it in the King James Version. How many remember your first two words in the King James Version? Seek ye first. Boy, he used to sing that song. Seek ye first the kingdom. Anyway, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Do you seek God more than you seek everything else? Well, in my heart, I mean to. No, it's not what he's talking about. This is not what it's talking about. See, you get saved by belief apart from works. You get blessed by doing what you say you believe. There's none of this, well, I'm trying. Uh, it's past fail. It's like when I was in the Army. You, you, this this uh, would be graded on a go or no-go basis. And you either do or you don't. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he'll give you everything you need. So let's talk about the inverse principle. If you don't have everything that you need, I know two things about you automatically. What's one? You're not seeking the kingdom of God above all else. And what's number two? There you have it. Now, if you're content being unblessed, if you're content being miserable, if you're content living a life that doesn't represent Christ properly, then do you. But if you want more, I'm going to show you how to get it. Because this is a well-known scripture, but few people are living it. Seek God more than anything else. Some people have put more time and thought into their children's college fund than they have into seeking God. I'm not saying children's college fund is wrong, but I'm telling you what the word says. You better put God above everything. That's a broad concept. I told you we're going to look at some practical ways to be blessed. Listen to... Deuteronomy 11, 26. Because it always comes back to this. I've been bringing you all back to this from day one. God said, look, today I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. Now, does God change? Does he evolve with the times? No. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he said, then he meant it for then and for now, so many people say, well, Pastor Scott, you're just a dinosaur. You're still preaching holiness and salvation, and Jesus is the only way. You know, times change. Times do change. God doesn't. Jesus said everything will change. Everything will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word is going to last forever. Every day when you wake up, I want you to realize this. Today, I have a choice to be blessed or to be cursed. And when you go through that day and you, you feel a blessing, thank God for it. And when you go through that day and you feel like curse is coming upon you, repent so you can get back into your blessing. 
every day. You have a choice. People had a choice today all across the country. Y'all know some people stayed at home in bed when they could have got up and went to church. The Bible commands us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, such as the matter of some, especially even the more so as you see that final day approaching. Well, if you don't know the signs of the times are everywhere, you're not looking. And you got a choice to make every day. He said, today. How often does today come around? Every day. What's tomorrow going to be when we get to tomorrow? Two weeks from now, what's that? That's going to be today is always fresh. It's always right now. So today you have a choice. But what you got to do is stop thinking about the past. Don't let your past failures hold you down. Don't let your past successes puff you up. Realize what the scripture is. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Verse 27 says, you will be blessed if, whoops, people don't like the if part because that means we're about to have to do something. You will be blessed if you, not if mama, not if Pastor Scott, you will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. Sounds simple enough. Why don't we do it? We believe that God exists. That's the first half of our opening verse, Hebrews eleven six. 6. We just don't believe we've got to diligently seek him to be blessed. But he's told us consistently from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's how his kingdom works. Verse 28. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship God you have not known before. Is this still relevant? Do you, do you think that there that we are living a result of these choices individually, corporately, nationally, and worldwide. We are seeing the result of the wrong choice being made. So first, you got to choose to be blessed. Then you got to do something for God to bless. Choose it. Choose this day to be blessed. God said, I give you a choice, blessing or a curse. Choose blessing. Anybody with one eye and road walking sense ought to know that's the right choice. Choose to be blessed. But it's not just a name it and claim it. You just can't say, you know, you, you can just sit there all day long. My, 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 my Honda is a Mercedes. My Honda is a Mercedes. My Honda is a, it's still a Honda. <laughs> Peel the Honda sticker off and slap my Mercedes sticker. It's still a Honda. You got to do something. To get blessed. God said we reap what we sow. In James 1.25, the Bible says, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and you do, hear that again, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for saying it. No. Then God will bless you for quoting it. No. Then God will bless you for declaring it. No. Then God will bless you for believing it. No. Then God will bless you for what? Doing it. You got to plant the right seeds to get the right harvest. You ought not to be scratching your head wondering why corn's not growing in your backyard if you never planted any. People wondering where their blessing is. They haven't done anything to get a blessing. God blesses us for what we do. 
Not with salvation. That's a by faith thing. I'm talking to saved people. Salvation is completely apart from works. Blessing is completely dependent on obedience. So let me give you two things and we'll go. I'm going to give you two specific things. You want to be blessed? You want to move past where you are right now? I promise you, if you do these two things, your whole world will change. If you're, if you're already saved and you're looking to step into blessing, number one, we talked about it Wednesday night. Psalm 122.6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Guess what happens to people who love Jerusalem? They prosper. You want to have prosperity? I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking about peace of mind. I'm talking about peace of life. I'm talking about righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm talking about prospering in every way. You cannot prosper unless you are pro-Israel. Israel declared its first war last week. Since 1972. And the reason they declared war is because during a peacetime environment, see, everybody wants to think, well, you know, it's because they've been fighting over the Gaza Strip and they can't get along. Israel left the Gaza Strip in 2005. They're not fighting. They set up their own place. They're constantly being fought against. They said you can have the Gaza Strip. They left their inheritance and said, take it. And then Hamas, the general that plotted out uh, this cowardly attack, surprise attack, very similar to what happened to America in Pearl Harbor and 9-11, sent three to 5,000 bombs in the middle of a ceasefire with, 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 with no, no warning that anything was coming and just killed a bunch of people, men, women, children, civilians, military people. And now Israel retaliates. I'm telling you, America... Is, is on the precipice of losing everything it has. Presidents, politicians, leaders have been saying for years, we're only one generation away from losing this country. America's not promised to be here forever. America's the longest standing country operating on one founding document. No other country in the history of the world has existed for over 200 years on one founding document except America. Why, right now, we have the first president in the history of America who has said repeatedly and openly that the Constitution isn't some document that shouldn't be a, uh, set, that should be set in stone. It should be constantly evolving. We gotta, we, we're, we've elected for the first generation in the history of America Muslims to make laws for us. I, I, I want you to hear me good. All Muslims are cursed. I didn't expect to get, well, I have a friend who's a Muslim. They might be, I didn't say they weren't a good person. I said there's a curse on them. You don't believe it? Okay. Listen, listen to this verse. Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And all the families of the earth, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We got news channels saying that there's two sides to this thing, that it's not... We, for the first time ever, have a president that is telling Israel to slow down, don't retaliate, you know, be cautious. Uh, A, that's not our business. Somebody breaks in your house and kills a bunch of your children, you, you, you're not interested in somebody saying, well, let's just hold on. 
But the promise of God is to bless those who bless Israel and to curse those who curse Israel. The purpose of Islam in their charter is to wipe the world out of all Jews, to exterminate Jews from all four corners of the world. We are so stupid as Americans that we had hundreds of thousands of idiots participate in the Day of Rage. The leader of Hamas called for jihad on Friday. We wanted worldwide everybody to get together and protest and declare free Palestine. This generation of kids right now is so misguided. You got all these little uh, these kids not don't know anything about Israel or Islam holding up signs, free Palestine, free Palestine. They'll never let you see what they're really saying. Because if you listen to any of it, what they were chanting is, Palestine shall be free from the city to the sea. And they're not talking about free politically. They're talking about free of the Jewish race. They have called from day one for the extermination of God's people, and they're still calling for it. And if you think that it will only happen in Palestine, then walk back there to that map and look at all the countries around the world where they're still killing people just for claiming the name of Christ. There are not two sides to this war. There is evil and there is good. There, there is God's side and there is the side that opposes God. You say, Pastor, people are going to get mad and leave the church. I don't care. I'm going to preach the truth if I'm just preaching to this pulpit. We have been duped by homosexuals. Listen, I say we. Nothing take me out of that. (laughs) Many African Americans have been duped by homosexuals. Homosexuals started the Black Lives Matter movement. Look at it and find out. Black Lives Matter movement came out. (laughs) They put these tweets out, and then once the newspaper gets hold of them, they, they erase them. They put it out a ton of tweets this week telling every black person to support the, uh, the day of rage and be pro-Palestinian. Homosexuals chomped on with black people and, and because here's what they said. We're oppressed too. Let's join together and we'll all put our hate in one bag. Now, this Palestinian movement, who had all these people showing up to uh, shout for Palestine in America, got people convinced that anybody who's oppressed People who have also been oppressed should join their voice together with them. Let me tell you something, black people. Well, you're white. You can't tell you. Let me tell you something, black people, from the authority of God's word. Your oppression has nothing to do with homosexual oppression. Your oppression has nothing to do with Islam. Oh, I'd be, I'd be so hot. God, God made me white just so I wouldn't be militant. Because I let them all know. Y'all got the biggest buildings in the world. Y'all got the biggest everything in the world over there in Islam. You're coming over here talking about we're the same because we're both oppressed. No. 
Anybody from Islam spent 400 years in slavery on this continent having people that they care about hung, stripped naked, uh, mutilated, castrated, covered in tar and honey, denied the right to be a human being. And now these homosexuals want black people to join in their voice because we all know what oppression feels like. There's different oppressions. Don't you dare let these people piggyback off, off your pain. And all these black people showing up. Free Palestine. I had never met a black American that had anything to do with Palestine. And the fact that hundreds of thousands of people in America gathered, uh, the fact that we've got politicians that we elected. Rashida Tlaib is demonically possessed. She has a flag in her office that our taxes pay for. She took a picture standing between an American flag and a Palestinian flag. Well, she's just proud of where she comes from. Her country hates America. They hate Israel and they hate America. And we're electing these people. And you know why? Because we've been duped. All oppressed people should vote for other oppressed people. All people of color should vote for other people of color. Listen, if you vote for somebody just because they're the same color you are, you have been misled. But what about when white people do? They've been misled. The Bible says he'll bless those who bless Israel. And there's a curse on everybody else. You want to really be blessed? Start praying. Every day. You ought to be praying multiple times a day. Because here's the reality. America only exists because we've been with Israel from day one. God said he'd bless all nations in Israel. And if we continue this back up, we rush to the Ukrainian aid so fast. I, y'all, I've been telling y'all for months I'm just irritated about us giving over $100 billion to a group of people that we got nothing to do with. They're not our allies. They, 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 we, the, we got nothing to do with these people. They, we rushed to their aid. We're giving hundreds of billions of dollars away. We still got 21 veterans committing suicide every day in this country. Need more mental health. Need, need more help. We got homeless people in this country. Finally, the mayor of New York and the mayor of Chicago have both woke up. They claim to be woke. They finally woke up and said, we have to. Seal the border. Oh, well, when other people said seal the border, it's because they were racist and they hate people of color. No, when you realize we don't have the money to feed every human being on the planet, we got hungry people, 6% of the people, 6% of children in this country go to bed hungry every night. And we're worried about bringing in a million a month. Wake up. But in your waking, you better pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I told y'all before this war happened, I was was joking about something, and I said, all you white people know jokes against black people. All you black people know jokes against white people. How many people remember me saying that? Yeah? This was before this war even had a hint. But then I said, you better not be joking about what kind of people. You can't joke about Jewish people. You shouldn't joke about anybody. But God promises to curse those who say bad things about Jewish people. You want to be blessed? You really want to step into a massive blessing? You start praying for Israel at least three times a day, and you watch. God will open blessing over you like you never had before in your life. Second thing, as equally as unpopular, 
Luke 6, 38. The Bible says, giving you will receive, period. That ought to be the end of it. Man, if you can't give a dime out of a dollar to God, how, how can you say you love God at all? He could have said, he said, could have said give half. He could have said give 90%. The Bible says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together to make room for more. Running over and pour it into your lap. Then look at this last part, and you answer me. Do you have leftover money, or are you broke? The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I had someone come to me. They're not in this church. haven't been in this church for a long time. They came into some inheritance. It was $125,000. And they said, Pastor, I know you made millions of dollars in the stock market. I know you do a lot of investing. I know you're blessed financially. What can I do with this money? Um, I said, well, the first foremost thing you need to do it set $12,500 off to the side because that's holding unto the Lord. That's the tithe. Then you need to decide. See, you're not blessed in the tithe. You're obedient in the tithe. You're blessed in how much you give. The offering determines. Where I'll get blessed for tithing, that's a yes, no. But it, the amount you give determines how much you get back. And she said, it just sounds like you want the church to get all the money. I said, I didn't say anything about setting aside all the money for the church. I said, now, if you really want the greatest investment, because I can tell you this, $125,000 ain't enough to invest to turn into millions anytime soon. Unless you invest it in God's kingdom and he multiplies it. She didn't invest the offering or the tithe. And she's still broke now. God made a promise. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Do you know why God had to appeal to our sense of greed? Because he knows we're greedy. You know why? Just, just like you have to promise a child, finish all your peas and you can have dessert. Giving ought to be the most joyous activity that we have. If you believe the Bible, God said, if you give, you will receive. He said, the amount you give will determine how much you receive. You want to be blessed? Start praying for the peace of Israel multiple times a day. I'm going to tell you this. Israel's going to win this. This is not going to be some, some bogus American foolishness war. Come on, Victor. It's not going to be some drawn-out 20-year battle. But it may well be the last battle. Because America is going to get involved in this. They're trying to hold back right now, but it's not going to work. America's going to get involved in this. They took a picture, put it on the internet. They were showing in Palestine in the streets for their day of jihad. This man had a little girl on his shoulder. Probably six years old. She was holding up in the air by the handle like this. A United States M4 assault rifle. Anybody want to take a guess where a six-year-old in Palestine got an M4 assault rifle? That hundreds of millions of dollars we left behind. We should have blew it all up. 
It would have been easy. We got bulldozers. We could have pushed it all into a pile and blew it all up, but we left it all there. And we've armed an enemy that hates us. And they hate us because they conflate us with Israel. The reason why Islam hates America is because America has always stood with Israel. So they, they, they conflate the two. Don't get caught up. All these people know, oh, we can play on hate and rage. Let's get every young person who's mad because they haven't been successful in life. Come out here and burn flags with us. I cringed yesterday watching thousands of people burning Israeli flags. That's a promise, a curse on them. They have done hurt to God's people, and it is coming. There's not two sides. There's God. Well, there's not two right sides. There's God, and then there's the wrong side. I want to see you get saved. If you're not saved, all you got to do is call on God, believe in him for real, he'll save you. I want to see you blessed. And you can get blessed immediately. God said, I'll bless those who bless Israel. I'm looking and weighing right now between multiple different uh, places because I have to be a faithful overseer of the money of this church um, to where we can send our money to be most effective to help the people of Israel. Well, we got needs here. We do, but not like that. The whole country rushed to Sean Penn, all these actors. They're like, give me a weapon. I'll fight with Ukraine. Everybody's saying, well, you know, Israel, you should, you know, just let's hold off now. There's the innocent people over there too. Nobody said that when America bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Don't think there were innocent people there. Millions. It's not America's job to tell Israel how to retaliate against a country that started it against them. And we need to pray for peace. Because if this thing goes to a uh, drawn-out war, we'll be in it. But so will Afghanistan, so will Iran, so will Iraq, so will China, and so will Russia. Oh, we got duped, y'all. Everybody's like, oh, Donald Trump going to get us in a war. Donald Trump going to get us in a war. Donald Trump going to get us in a war. Here's a factual statement. Donald Trump's the only president since the 80s that did not lead America into a new battle. Facts. Joe Biden, on the other hand, has weakened us so much Nobody's scared of the big dog anymore. And we better have Israel as our ally. When China and Russia, Iran, Iraq, oh, we'll squash them all. It took us 20 years to fight in Afghanistan. And we didn't squash that. Now, I've heard people say, then we wasted. No, we didn't waste our time over there. We provided 20 years of freedom for, especially for women and girls. Um, we 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 gave a quality of life that they had never seen before. But that is all small potatoes compared to what's coming. If you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard people talk about the end is coming, the end is coming, the end is coming. Prophetically, this signal is bigger than anything we've ever seen. 
And this is the first war Israel's even been in since 1972. And everybody's getting involved in it. Hamas is already being backed by every country that hates us. So we need to do what God called us to do. We need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So God would bless us and bless them. And we need to give so that God's people will have the money to make good things happen. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, we do now pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Israel are your covenant people. We love you, God. We love Israel. God, I pray that you would let the world know that Israel is your people. God, I pray that you would help us to be and to do all that you called us to be. God, for every person who's here that's not saved, I pray that you would give them faith to believe in you. And for every person who is saved, I pray that you would let us begin to love Israel the way we should and to give the way we should. So you'll bless us the way you promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.